hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. And just as he was making progress, just as he was seeing people converted at his public meetings and seeing guards and provincial leaders making commitments to follow Jesus during these private meetings in the lower floor of the prison and in these beautiful private residences of the palace, he had a visitor, a messenger from the Philippian church. His name was Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus, he brought their love and he brought their regards, but not just in the form of emotional or even spiritual support. He brought money. The church, they sent another offering and their timing, it couldn't have been better because while incarcerated, a prisoner was actually required to pay for their lodging, but wasn't allowed to earn a wage, which made it impossible for someone to repay their debt on their own. Sound familiar? I want to talk about this visitation and about the effects of it in a message that we're calling The Expectation. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Pastor Scott. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church, and uh, you're joining us for Chew On That, which is um, a podcast where we just take some time and dig deeper into the most recent message from the Life Church sermon series. And so this week we're talking about uh, the expectation expectation uh, <laughs> in Sean's sermon series, um, uh, Defying the Church. And so you heard her already, but that's my friend Haley Felch. Say hi, Haley. Hello. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. And so um, a lot of you may not know Haley. You probably remember uh, her, though, if you've ever been to Life Church in De Pere, um, on a Sunday morning. The, she's the super cute girl with a super big smile, a smile the size of Texas. <laughs> Uh, running around filling the coffee pots. And so uh, she's fantastic. Haley, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Although I'm nervous. I don't know don't why. I shouldn't be nervous. I no know. No one else is here. It's just us. And we're friends. I know. We're friends. It's cool. Um, so I'm Haley Felch. And um, if you can't tell, I'm not from Wisconsin. Right. Not at all. <laughs> I am from Texas. Um, I moved here. It will be two years ago crazy. already in January. That's crazy. Um, so I met my husband um, who was born and raised here. Um, we met through work and um, he somehow convinced me to move to the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Um, we've been married since March and are expecting our first baby. That's so exciting. I know. I didn't I'm, even know that was happening. You're totally surprised. Yeah, my, <laughs> there's an inside joke there. We'll tell you about it sometime. <laughs> so anyway, so tell me about growing up. Like, which part of Texas? Because Texas is like half the size of the whole United States. So what part of Texas did you grow <laughs> up in? That's very true. Um, so I grew up in Northeast Texas, like almost Oklahoma. Oh. And then the last five years, I lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Gotcha. Gotcha. So did you grow up? Were you a Jesus kid growing up? Yes. So I grew up going to church from the second that I could, when my parents could carry me through the door. Um, yeah. So we were always involved in church. Um, I was involved in youth group and like went to a Christian university, um, you know, did like mission trips and that sort of thing. So church has always been a really big part of my life. Gotcha. How many kids are in your family? Just me and my sister. And I met your sister only online, right? Yeah, because on you got married like at the very start of COVID almost yes. now. Yes. And so like no one could get together. So there's like eight people in the whole room <laughs> yeah. and your sister was on FaceTime. Yes. And so yeah, she seems like a charming... She she is. She's Maybe. actually an emergency room nurse, and so they would not allow her to travel. So she had to miss our wedding, but she was there on FaceTime. So she's in the pictures and stuff, but she's on FaceTime. Gotcha. <laughs> so when you came up here, was Austin already attending Life Church? Um, so he had gone, I want to say he had maybe gone once or twice, like right before I moved here. I see. Um, he had a friend of his started going here and she had told him about it and he had been looking for a church home and he went and he called me and he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's like, you need, you need to come visit this. He was like, I think this is like the place. And so I came and the first Sunday we were like, okay, we're doing this. Sign That's me up. So cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. And so you're involved. I mentioned the coffee, but you're super involved in Life Church. Like me, you do a lot of things, including both you and Austin, uh, help, uh, our, you know, on our leadership team at Life Church downtown. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I feel like that just says something about like how all in you guys are. And so, um, can you talk just a little bit about like, <laughs> like what that what that looks like for you and Austin together like what you're like both not only just like going to church together but like working in church together yeah um so when we first um I'm trying to remember, I think it was the first few times that we came to Life Church, we did the growth track. Um, and we both were just really 
I think both of us had kind of been in a place in our lives where we were obviously like still Christians um, and still, you know, had faith and, but it was kind of something that we'd strayed from and it wasn't something that was a big part of our lives at the time. Um, So like, again, both of us would still identify ourselves as Christians, but it wasn't something that took up a lot of space in our lives, I Mm -hmm. think. And so um, we both kind of were like, yeah, this is something that we want to get involved in, involved in again, especially if like, you know, we're going to be getting married and like starting a family. And like, we want that to be something that is part of our family. Um, And so both of us, you know, did the little questionnaire and like, you know, what you might be interested in serving in. And I love coffee, of course. Um, And so I was just looking for, especially an opportunity for me specifically, because I was so new, I didn't know anybody obviously. And so I wanted a chance to really get to know people and connect with people. Um, not only because that's really important in a bigger church, because if you don't get connected, you kind of feel lost, but then also for me to only know Austin, like that was really hard. Um, and so getting started with, um, the coffee team just gave me such a great opportunity to like get to know a bunch of girls really fast. Um, we were kind of just thrown in there together and it's like crazy on Sunday mornings, but we're able to just like spend time together and like get to know each other and be involved in each other's lives. So for me, that was like really important starting out because I think we started serving like the third or fourth time that we came because we were like, let's do this. Like we're all in, you know? Um, and then I know for him too, he, um, you know, he was kind of in a position like me, like he had grown up in church and, um, but then was like, I'm ready to do this for real, you know, and especially with us starting a family someday. And, um, so he serves on the, um, online campus when we were, you know, all going to church, (laughs) which he still does now, but he does it from our living room instead. Um, but then, it just, both of us thought it was really important because we want our kids to know that this is like a part of our lives. Um, and obviously this is before, you know, we were having kids or even, you know, even married at the time, but we wanted it to be something that was really, um, ingrained into like our family. Um, and then once we got the opportunity to serve in downtown, um, both of us were really called to that, I think, because, um, and you've heard this before of us talking about like, you know, I think the the generation that we're in and the kind of the society that we live in, like people have questions. People have a lot of questions and they want to like be able to talk it out and to ask those questions. And I know kind of like the model of why we started downtown was because we want people to have that opportunity. Yeah. And we don't have that normally in a Sunday, like where you're sitting in the auditorium and you can't raise your hand and yeah. say like, I don't understand this or like, I want to talk more about that. And so... I think we were both just really interested in that opportunity to give people a voice and to be able to ask those questions. That was really important to us. Yeah. And now crazy fast forward nine months or whatever it's been. And now that's just what life church looks like everywhere. I mean, like with pocket churches and you know, everything else. I mean, that's how we do church now. And I love that. I think this is fantastic. It's crazy that now everyone's doing it. And that was kind of like our little thing. And now everyone's modeling that, which is really cool. That's because we're cool. That's true. Yeah. So as much as I'd love this to be the Haley <laughs> Felt Show, uh, we're here to uh, talk about Sean's message. So we're going to listen to that first cut just right now. But not wanting them to worry, Paul, he, he quickly caught himself and, and he said this. He said, I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I'll continue to be bold for Jesus as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life, it's, it's going to bring honor to Jesus, whether I live or whether I die. Because to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Penn suddenly stopped. Timothy looked up. Something about that line felt significant. Somehow, someway, Paul had just summarized these intense convictions that they and the believers of Jesus, the followers of the way, that they were feeling. He did it in such a practical and in such a tangible way. I feel like every time I read one of Paul letter, Paul's letters from now on, I will always hear it like in Sean's voice and in Sean's conversational tone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I just, oh, yeah. I love how he has animated Paul for me just in the way that he talks and in the way that, and, and I'm probably not, that's probably not theologically sound to do that, but I just feel <laughs> that way, you know? And so we talked about this particular verse uh, uh, the other night at LC downtown where we talked about how that verse to, to live is Christ, no, to, to, live is Christ. to live is Christ and to, to die, die is game, which is like, I mean, why is he reading out of like the King James version? Like, <laughs> anyway, so, but we talked about like how, like how big that verse is to that, like, there, it's like, 
it's not good news, bad news. It's good news, good news. That if, if I continue to live, I'm going to live like Christ did. I'm going to live in such a way that honors Christ. And then when I do die, it's going to be even better than that. You know, and I don't, I don't know how many Christian people like live that way. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, so it was funny cause when I read that or when I heard it and then when I like read that verse, it's, you think like you've, I've probably heard that a million times yeah. in my life, like growing up in church and I've probably heard that verse before. Um, but I was like, what does that mean? Like what? Cause when you read it, like it, you know what it means, but it's kind of confusing the way that it's worded to live as Christ, to die as gain. Right. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? So I went to the internet um, and I was just like, just looking at like different references and different, you know, studies about this and the the first thing that I read was like, I just loved what it said. It said, God would be honored through both his death and his life. Mm. And, you know, like, I feel like it's really cool what you said about it's good news, good news, because he, he knew that like to live even in his suffering of like being, you know, imprisoned and like all the things that he had been through, that that was glorifying God. But then if he died, that would still be glorifying God and he would get to spend forever with Jesus. So yeah. like, I feel like that we don't look at it like that a lot of times, you know, yeah. we think like, oh, like it'll be great when we get to die and go to heaven, you know, but we don't look at our time here as, even though we should look at our time here as like something that should be bringing glory to God. Um, we think of it, okay, like we're just living until we die and then we get to go to heaven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I feel like church, that was not a dramatic pause on purpose. I was just trying to figure <laughs> out my thoughts, but I feel like church has led us to believe that our life here is going to be difficult and, um, and that, but the reward comes in heaven. I feel like that's kind of true, but I feel like, like even in my difficult times now, I never, I never feel like I'm hopeless or I never feel like I'm like, there's never going to never gonna be an end to it or there's never going to be a solution. And that's where I was a lot of my life before really knowing who Jesus was, that that's why this life in Christ is like, okay. You know what I mean? Like I wake up in the morning and know that even if crappy stuff has to happen today, that, you know, by tomorrow the sun's going to come up. And if even if the sun's come up and it's still crappy, I know that he's going to get me through because he's got me through every other time before. Mm-hmm. So this idea about like what comes after we die, you know, that's not even, you know, part of the equation for me, you know, yeah. it's like, how can I make the most of my life right now? Like he wants us to have a great life right now. Like we're not, the end deal isn't just when we get to heaven. The end deal is knowing that we can live a life of love and hope and joy and peace right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how we, that's how we should be evangelizing. You know, not evangelizing, hey, you should get to know Jesus because if you don't, you're going to go to hell. doesn't seem like much of an <laughs> enticement. No. You know, but I mean, that's how it's been done, at least all of my life. Mm-hmm. And like, what if, in fact, the enticement was, listen, life's always going to suck. It's going to suck for you. It's going to suck for me. But somehow the suck has less of an edge on it when you've got Jesus in your life. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I loved what he said at the end of that where he said he put it in such a such a practical and tangible way. Yeah. Um, because when you think about it like it is really simple. I mean, as humans it's hard for us at times, but thinking about like no matter what, whether I'm alive or whether I'm dead, like my life should be glorifying to God and what I'm doing mm-hmm. should be glorifying to him. So I it seems like kind of a lofty thing, but when you really think about it, it's not, it's very practical and very tangible. It's just making that choice or that decision to live like right. that. Right. Yeah. That's good. Good stuff. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. And with that, I feel like the cell, it seemed to fill with music and the whole letter sparkled with these golden phrases about Jesus formed and forged to emphasize or explain everyday concerns. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. 
that my God, he will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He reminded them to rejoice in the Lord always again. I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord. He is at hand, so be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It'll guard your hearts. It'll guard your minds through Christ Jesus. He reminded them that whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue and if there's anything worthy of praise, meditate on those things. And the discussion question for this week reads, Paul's letter to the Philippians reads like a greatest hits of Paul's wisdom, encouragement, and gospel. Telling over and over the Bible tells us, uh, oh, and gospel telling, sorry. Who wrote these questions? Over and over, the Bible tells us that, I'm sorry, it's me that, I just want you to think I'm being mean to somebody. I wrote the questions, and I can't even read my own writing. Anyway, Paul's letter to the Philippians reads like a greatest hits of Paul's wisdom, encouragement, and gospel telling. Over and over, the Bible tells us that scripture should be written on the tablets of our heart. What is one verse or passage that keeps you coming back, that you keep coming back to lately? But truly, those that, like, that string of things that Sean just said, I mean, that's like every magnet on some old Christian lady's refrigerator. <laughs> Right? It's true. I mean, like, those are the bits and pieces that it seems like we've just pulled out and said, oh, I'm going to be encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, part of me, like, makes fun because it's an old Christian lady's refrigerator. But, like, <laughs> the other part is, like, I mean, the Bible's filled with these, you know, things that point, that mean something in our life. Like, sometimes we look at the Bible and we think it's, like, this dusty, old, crappy, musty book. <laughs> when, in fact, it's a wealth of application that can encourage us today. And so, like... I wonder to this question, is there stuff that like that you, Haley, that you were like, you know, there's this verse I've been hanging on to lately or I've been chewing on lately or that I've been whatever lately that you're like, I'm glad that this verse is there. Yeah. um, And I wouldn't say just lately. I would say since I was in college, Hmm. like if anyone asked me, what is your favorite verse? um, My go to is Psalm 143, eight, which is um, let the morning bring me love. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I've put my trust in you. Mm. Teach me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. I love that. And I think, like, you know, college was a weird, just crazy thing. Like, especially, you know, me coming from, like, a really small town and, like, going, it's just like a whole, it was kind of like culture shock. And um, it was it was hard a lot of times. And I think um, just that reminder, like, of his unfailing love was just always that I just like held on to, you know, like that's such a, um, a good reminder that like, he doesn't just love us when we are loving him back because we're human, (laughs) you know? Um, but he has his, his love is unfailing for us. And that's, that's always been my go-to. I'm like, I, if I could get a magnet on my my fridge, it would be that, you know? (laughs) Um, I also wrote down too, I think, um, this is, you know, another one that we hear all the time, but, um, be anxious and nothing. And I, when I wrote that down, I wrote like nothing and like underlined yeah, it, you know, cause it's times. like be anxious and nothing. He doesn't say be anxious for, except for this yeah. or except for that, you know, he says be anxious and nothing. And again, as humans, like we, that's hard for some yeah. of us to like, you know, we give him certain things, um, that we think like, oh, he's got this. I'll not, I'll, I'm not gonna worry about this because he's got yeah, this, yeah. you know. But like, we don't do that with everything. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think in your life anyway? Do you think you give him what you would consider the smaller things, or do you just give him the bigger things? I think I tend to give him the bigger things hmm. and the small things. I'm like, I don't. I think I don't. I don't actually think the words like, oh, you know, I I got this. But <laughs> like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. In like in not asking for those small things or not like praying about those small things, that's when I kind of, that's what I'm saying without saying it, you know? Um, It's easy to take the big things that you're like really, really scared about or anxious about. Um, But for me, and anyways, it's the smaller things that I'm like, I'll just hold on to that. Yeah, yeah, I got this one. (laughs) Yeah. 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 This is too small. Right. He, he's got bigger things to worry about other than this, you know? Yeah, I, I find that I don't, like I love that. I find that I don't, separate them by big or little as I, as I was listening, I was thinking while you were answering. And I think 
there's things that I think that I should be just be responsible for, no matter what size they are. Yeah. And so primarily like my relationships. Like I feel like, um, like I mean, put your big boy pants on, Scott, and just take care of this, yeah. right? When in fact those are the most important things. Apart from our relationship with God, the relationship with our spouse, our relationship with our kids, or our family, or our friends, those are like the next most important things. And yeah. why wouldn't? Why would you think you could just do that yourself? You know, like I have record to show that I'm not. I'm right, not yeah, good at this. Yeah, clearly, yeah, yeah. That I, yeah, that in fact I suck at it. And so, um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny like that. You know, yeah. and it's the same with my worry, right? And because I'm a worrier, and so, and he says it somewhere. I don't know where it is. And I don't. I know my Bible. I just haven't memorized my Bible. But somewhere he says, who has added one day to your life by worrying about it? Like, mm-hmm. let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. Today has enough problems with its own, right? Like, just take care of today. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be a Jesus person to know that, that that affects your life, you know? But how cool is it that, you know, this stuff was written two or 4,000 years ago, knowing that you were going to worry about tomorrow, and there's nothing you can do to do it. There's nothing you can do to fix it yeah. tomorrow, just to worry about it. And then what I'm finding is that, like, I don't know, like 98% of the things that I'm worrying about never come true. Yeah. You know, or that. You make them, these scenarios up right? in your mind. <laughs> yeah. And then I just burned, like, the whole day before, the whole week before, the whole month before in worry and fret and anxiety for something that never happened, that could happen, but didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And what could I have done with that energy? Yeah. You know, that I squandered on worry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. And then he had Timothy write one particular line. One particular line that jumped from the page, not just then, but continues to today. That I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Which when I read that makes me wonder, what things are you capable of that you haven't been doing? So I've got kids. I've got two sets of kids. Uh, I have kids 1.0. My daughter, Allie, she's 33. My son, Jared, he's 30. Um, And then I've got kids 2.0. My daughter, Ray, who's 14, and my son, Abe, who's 11. And um, when I was growing up, there would be things that I would express interest in. And I love my dad. He was a good dad. Provided for six kids. My mom never had to work, blah, 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 right? But like... um, like I would express an interest in something, and he'd be like, you know, okay. yeah, that's cute. You know what I mean? <laughs> so then what I did for my youngest son now is I overcompensated for that. So if he expressed interest in something, like, you know, by the next morning, everything he needs to do that thing has been bought on Amazon and is arriving over the next two or three days. You know what I mean? I just, I just do that, right? Yeah. And so he had uh, expressed interest in skateboarding and uh, like in a park, like with ramps and you know, things, pools or whatever those things are called. <laughs> anyway. And so like, boom, I'm off, right. I'm off. Right. What is the best first skateboard for a kid? You know, this size, rah, rah, rah. Right. And so I found the best skateboard you could get for a kid. And I had it printed with Philippians four thirteen, which is where I think this comes from. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Cause otherwise it's the it, wrong it scripture is. verse on the skateboard. Anyway, I had it printed with that, that I could do all things, you know, wanted him to like believe in himself and skateboard. And then like he went like three times and then fell off once and twisted his ankle and he's not used that skateboard since. And so anyway, but I wanted him to know a, that I supported him, but two, I wanted him to know that like, if he just thinks or sets his heart on something that he can do those things, that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought maybe like, even if he did fall off and twisted his ankle, he'd be like, you know, but God's got me on this. And so I'm going to get right back on it, but he never did. <laughs> and so, but like, I know that maybe it was a life lesson for me. Like when I think about Abe's skateboard, maybe I should hang it like in my office or something because like I can do all things, you know, and yeah. it's such a great verse Sometimes we get, we leave a part off, like like my friend Dave DeShazer, because I quoted this a little while ago, talking about something. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or no, it was something similar. It was like, God works for good for those that love the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? It was that verse. <laughs> and he's like, and are called according to his purpose, Scott. And I was like, what the heck? Oh. So I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't. Anyway, what was my point? Sorry, I'm not all not I'm thinking about skateboarding and I'm thinking about everything else right now. But I just feel like, As long as what we want to do lines up with God's will, 
And it's easy to do. It's easy to figure out. Like, we just don't have to be about God's business. But it's easy to find the things that are according to God's will or what we feel like are called according to his purpose or where to find the strength. Because if it, if it lines up with his heart and it lines up with his word and it lines up with our heart and it lines up with, like, our council of saints or, our, you know, our Jesus friends, then there's no reason to think this not in God's will and that we have the strength to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what do you think about all this? Yeah, I think... Um it's really funny because when we were talking about magnets on old Christian ladies' fridges, <laughs> I feel like that is one that is like one of those that's we that always just kind of said. And, you know, like I think sometimes we say it or other people say it yep. just to say it like that sounds mean, but they they mean it. You know, they believe it, but it's kind of, we kind of say it like half heartedly like, oh, yeah, you can do all things. If Christ right. gives you strength, you know, um, but like what a simple verse, but like we, sometimes we don't think, we don't think that we can, like we may read that verse, but we're like, I mean, but like, mm, does he really, can I, you know? (laughs) Um, And it's just, it's crazy to think that like, again, again, with the verses that we've heard our whole lives, like we probably kind of hear it and like it goes in one ear and out the other, but like to meditate on that, is like a whole other thing because if you really trust and believe that then, and you set your heart to it, then you can, as obviously, like you said, as according to his will. But we, I think we overthink things like that because we're like, well, but this is like really hard (laughs) or this is, this is like a, this isn't just any old thing. This is a big deal or this is a a big ask or this is a big task, you know? Um, And again, he doesn't specify in there except for this, this, and this, or what you think is hard or what you think is something that you can't accomplish. Like obviously on our own, we can't, right? but with him, it's completely different and we can do all things, but we don't trust in him enough to believe that a lot of times. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Here's how it reads in, um, the message. Um, cause sometimes I like to do that. Yeah. Like if there's a verse that I'm like, that I know my whole life and I just would just memorize it or just repeat it from rote that where it goes in one ear or out the other, mm-hmm. or just comes up my mouth without thought. So some really like to go to the message and like re-get it. And so in the message it reads, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me. It did. It was a beautiful thing that you came. Oh, no, sorry. Just that part. Sorry. There was a second half of that. <laughs> whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Like, yeah. what? That's amazing, I Eugene that. Robinson. Man. In the one who makes me who I am. In the one who makes me who I am. I love that. Anyway, so I just feel like, again, the Bible's full of these nuggets Mm -hmm. and um, no one less than this verse. You know, Mm -hmm. like Abe's got shirts with this on it. Yeah. Like I just, you know, and like, why do I not have shirts with that on it? (laughs) Lucky you know? for you, right? You, you can make one. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of an inside joke because, like, I might be the only middle-aged man in Wisconsin with his own cricket, so that he can make his own t-shirts. But like, there's just things that occur to me, like that should be on a shirt, and so that I just put it on a shirt and just I wear it around. Do it, right? Yes. I mean, it seems like a pretty simple thing to me. <laughs> okay. Living with peace, loving your neighbor, loving your enemy. Paul did that. He loved the people he easily could have considered his enemy, the guards. And by loving them, it drew them, but not just to him, to Jesus. I feel like we live in a day and age when we have a lot of enemies. Mm-hmm. And we're, I mean, we're like picking them up. Like we're, like we're collecting enemies. Yeah. Like I feel like we're, like we do that on purpose. Yeah. And... I've been getting into a lot of, uh, like, like I've been invited to a lot of fights lately. And I'll say, listen, I'm apolitical. Like, I'm just not, I mean, like, I've got my values and I know what my values mm-hmm. are and I'll vote my values, I guess. But, like, I don't want to get into it about, like, who, which guy is this and which guy is that or which what this lady said or what this lady did. Or mm-hmm. I don't want to get into that at all. Like, what am I going to accomplish? And, you know, we talked about squandering 
earlier, and I just feel like I don't want to squander my energy on a on an argument or a fight that's not going to end up with any kind of change. Yeah. Like my brother, whom I love, is my best friend, and like I, he said, I, I just wonders. I mean, you have to tell me if you don't want, but like, who are you done and voted for in November? <laughs> And I was like, you know, last time I wrote in Condoleezza Rice because I, I like really like her and I think she'd be a great president, you know. So maybe me and four other people worth the name in, right? So she didn't get elected, it turns out. But I didn't feel like I voted against my conscience. I felt yeah. like I really dig her. I dig what I've seen her stand for. And I, actually, and then I put the vice president was like Colin Powell. So I thought, what, what a great ticket. That's awesome. Vice Powell, 2020. Write it down. Or maybe 2024. I don't know. Is Cole Paul still alive now before you? Is he dead? I think he's alive, but I don't know how active in politics he is still. (laughs) Anyway. So, like, that's just, I mean, that's how I feel about it. And I'm not going to change anyone's opinion. I can write on Facebook all I want about what Mm -hmm. an idiot this person is or what a liar this other person is. Whose mind am I going to change? Yeah. I just feel like I've got a lot more opportunity to change outside my back door, like across the street from me or Mm -hmm. downtown from me. Like, I feel like that's my opportunity to make a difference. Yeah. It's not going to be. Right? Because so I'm still going to vote. Don't think I'm not going to vote. Like, I, I believe in voting. I serve my country. I fought for your right to vote. My son fought for your right to vote. My dad fought for your right to vote. So, like, yeah, vote. Please vote. Yes, yeah. vote. Right? But, I mean, it's not. That's not going to change my world. You know? And um, this morning I was watching a message from uh, this dude named Andy Stanley. And I love him. I know, right? Yeah. So his dad was like a famous minister preacher guy. Mm-hmm. George Stanley, Don Stanley, Stan Stanley. Something. It was Mr. Stanley. It was Mr. Stanley <laughs> Sr. Anyway, and then this Andy Stanley comes around, and Andy Stanley has like my heart. Like if Andy Stanley wrote it, I feel like that it's pretty much like that's what I would have said. Like yeah. he's like my hallmark. Yeah. Like I wish I could have said that, but Andy Stanley said it first. Right. And he was listening to his message from this last Sunday because Andy Stanley for his big church down in Atlanta and the surrounding areas, like he's got a number of campuses. He said, you know what? We're just not going to go back to, to church until after the first of the year. And like everyone's mad at him, right? Like he made a bunch of enemies. This is where we were headed. Enemies. Sorry. I'm got way okay. off. That's all right. You're bringing it back around. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And he said that we're trying to we're trying to work our faith around this idea that there are winners and there are losers, and that we're trying to get our side to win. And then he painted the he didn't paint a picture. He pointed to the picture of Christ and how when Jesus came, like they were all waiting for him, like they acknowledged that he was the Messiah, and they had this idea in their head of how they would look. Right, that they would, he would like squash Rome, and he would, you know, lift up the nation of Israel, and blah blah blah. Right? He's like, that's not the game I'm here to play. Mm-mm. You know, that I'm not here to win that game. In fact, I'm here to lose that game. And so when he would say, "Listen, I'm going to get crucified," right? They're going to kill me, right? They're going to arrest me and kill me. And they're like, "No, that's stupid. You're the Messiah. You're not going to get because yeah. that's not how winning looks." And like, I loved what he said about that because I don't want to win at this game. Mm-hmm. Like I want to lose at this game. And he yeah. said it his whole life. Like every, you know, the first will be last and the last will be first and the servant will be served and the, you know, everything else, right? Yeah. And that, and that we, and then he pointed out about how, um, I think it's Paul says that there are no longer Jews and Greeks, no longer slaves and masters, no longer, you know, these separations that we're all one. Mm-hmm. In brotherhood with Jesus Christ as God is our Father. And like, why we don't live that way at all. No. <laughs> We're collecting enemies. Yeah. I think it's really frustrating because I'm like you. I am not political. If someone starts talking about politics, I'm going to jump in front of a car. I do not want to talk about it. I mean, Austin and I, he knows how I am. He, like, he knows if people start talking about politics, I'm out. Yeah. I'm like, bye. I don't want to, I don't want to be here for this. And it's not because I don't know what I believe. It's just it. 99% of the time it turns into an argument and I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. I'm on this side and you're on that side. My team, I want my team to win so your team can lose. And I'm just like, it's mind numbing to me and I can't, I cannot handle it. And I, I don't. I get that, of course, we're always going to have differences of opinions. Like there, there is always going to be, even between Jesus people, like, you know, we're not all going to believe the same things. And I get that, you know, there's going to be different opinions and different beliefs and different stances on things. But I think 
to your point, like we are collecting enemies and it's, it's such a silly thing to like argue on Facebook and, you know, people post things like, I think just to get a reaction sometimes. And I'm like, why, why, what, what good are you doing? What are you serving? And like checking your phone constantly to see what someone has said about you. So you can like comment back to them and and bash their belief or what they say, you know, and it's just such a silly thing to me. And I don't, I don't understand it. And I don't, it's just, it's truly exhausting. And I think like people who participate in that, I'm like, what are you doing? Why, like, what are you looking for? You know? Um, And I think like, you know, in that, in that scripture where he was talking about that, like Paul, you know, he, he loved who he could have easily hated. And, you know, we, we collect enemies like it's a trend, you know, and he, the enemy that he, or he could have had, he didn't look at them as an enemy, but like, we don't have, I mean, for most people, we don't have like people who are literally in prison, imprisoning us. Yeah. But we take things and turn them into these things where we can have enemies. And it's so silly and I don't understand. But if Paul can literally love people who are imprisoning him, why can't we do that? Yeah. And I'm speaking for myself, too. Like, it's so hard for people who, you know, wrong you or disagree with you or whatever um, to like hold that grudge. Like I, I'm the worst at holding grudges. I know that that's something and I've, and I've worked on it for the past couple of years to really like let go of that. Um, but I think as humans, we're so quick to like, just turn it off and be like, Oh, okay. Nope. You're dead to me. I want nothing to do with you. You know, you're automatically my enemy if you hurt me, but that's not like what Jesus says to do. And that's not what Paul did. Yeah. And Paul had a go of it. And if he can do it, right. I'm like, man, yeah, for we're sure. doing it wrong. Yeah. And so if we call ourselves Christians and we wear bracelets, you know, let's say, what would Jesus do? And we drive around with our cars with fish stickers on the back to say that we belong to Christ. You know, why are we, why are we picking fights and collecting mm-hmm. enemies? Mm-hmm. Like, if I've said this before, if people know more about your politics than they know about your relationship with Jesus, you're probably not doing it right. Yep. You're a nationalist before you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to put anything before my faith. Mm-mm. There's not enough room in my head or in my heart to put anything before my faith. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm going to hand out love and kindness and goodness as much as I can. And if you take a position or opinion against the one that I have, I'm not going to, why would I try to tell you you're an idiot or tell you you're going to hell or tell you, like, why would I do any of that? And there's people, boy, on the Facebook and everywhere else that are like, like Jesus people, yeah, right? Calling other people idiots or calling other people, you know, uh, like we're taking our cues from the wrong people. Mm -hmm. There's plenty in this Bible that we've already been talking about today. There's plenty in this Bible you can pull out and use in your real life. You don't need to get it, you know, from a news network or from a radio talk show host or from, (laughs) you don't, (laughs) don't let those people give you your opinions or your voices. Mm -hmm. There's only one dude whose opinion matters. His name is Jesus. He actually would like it if you called him Yeshua probably. (laughs) But like, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And if you're not spewing that, then, you know, there's a hiccup in your giddy up. Yeah, That's a Texas phrase. (laughs) Is it though? Shut up, it is. He's got a hiccup in his giddy up. I mean, he's like, he walks with a limp. <laughs> Tell me that's not a Texas it's thing. It's a Texas thing. Do you promise? Or are you just saying that right now? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yep. All hat, no something. That's another one. Was no, that w- th- I believe you. No, what is it? Something about like, all hat, no. Hey, just bear with us one second. <laughs> I just want to see if I can find this. All hat. <laughs> No land, no all hat, no cattle. Oh, okay. All hat, no cattle. A description of a person that has all talk and no substance, full of big talk but lacking action. A person who cannot back up his or her words, a fake, a pretender. That guy is all hat, no cattle. Pay no, see how I said that with a I like that. That was good. Anyway, (laughs) let's go to the next one. Uh, Hiccup in your giddy up. Hitch, hitch in your, isn't it hitch? 
A hitch in your giddy up. I think that's what it is. Oh, yeah, that makes more yeah. sense now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And during the dictation, those guards who he had loved, who had become his friends and disciples, they listened intently from their guard's desk. And as they listened, their hearts were filled with hope. Their hearts were filled with peace. Their hearts were filled with joy. And as he finished dictating, Paul knew. He knew something significant had just happened. He knew he also had to get to the school of Tyrannus to share these thoughts with the Ephesians as well, which required the accompaniment of a guard. He had to be chained to a guard, but rather than deciding who had to accompany him, suddenly the guards, they jostled for who would get to accompany him. So rather than being shackled to the customary one guard, this time, Paul, he went to the school shackled to two guards because the guards, they were desperate to be connected to him. I love this because he's talking about how the guards have come become so fond of Paul, so appreciative of his spirit, his kindness, his love, his laughter, yeah. right, his friendship, that they wanted to be around him. And so to these Christians that we were just talking about, the ones with the hitch in their giddy up. Right. Not a hiccup in their no. giddy up. Although it rhymes, hiccup in giddy up. Anyway, like, like are we, we're just the opposite. If we're, if we're spewing hate, if we're spewing vitriol, if we're spewing, <laughs> you know, this kind of venom or divisiveness, mm -hmm. who are we attracting to our cause? Yeah. What kind of picture of Jesus are we painting? Like, no wonder why people are like, oh, those Christians? <laughs> like, if that's what Jesus is like, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. I feel like everything you do, sorry, I'm really passionate about this all of a sudden. <laughs> you've got to pull it through that lens. Yeah. Because, I mean, people aren't going to go to church. People aren't going to read the Bible. People are going to read you. Mm -hmm. People are going to go to you. And if you're living this life where you're just like looking down your nose at everyone or pointing a finger at everyone or calling people stupid because they're going to vote for somebody that you don't think they should be voting for, what kind of picture of Christ is that painting? Yeah. Who are you attracting to the kingdom? Because our only job here is to build... Sorry. I'm not like peeking out in the volume right now. Flip the table over. <laughs> the only job here, we were just talking about this in staff today. Our only job is to build the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Meaning like get people in, right? There's only so much more time. And there's plenty of people that would be like, mm, this is the end times, right? Like they're like, you know what I mean? There's yeah. like, you know, fires and there's locusts and there's yeah. like murder wasps, right? And all this stuff is happening. And like, like how much time do we really have to build the kingdom? Yeah. And so... Whatever you're doing, I mean, none of us can just like leave our jobs and walk around with repent, you know, on a sign, right? We still have to go to work, but at work, you know, who are you at work that will draw people to Jesus Christ? What are you, who are you? Are you loving and kind and laughing or are you bitter and angry and gossipy or, you know, vitriol-y, right? Or like, who, who are you? You know, yeah. this isn't me asking you. I don't yeah. feel like I'm well, at you. I feel like people confuse, um... Like what you were saying, like you need to spew love and kindness. And I think people confuse that with like, well, should I not share my beliefs? And it's like, well, there's a difference in how you do it. You know, like you can still share them in love and kindness because like calling people an idiot or calling them stupid or whatever for not voting for the person that you think or believing what you believe, like that's not furthering the kingdom. You can still share your beliefs and share your heart with people and be kind about it. And yeah. I think that's where there's like a, people get confused because I think I either have to be silent or I have to like yell at people and tell them that they're wrong. Yeah. But it's like that, it's not like that. You know, you need to do it. Like, of course, there are times when we need to be silent, but there are times where we can share that and tell people like of our convictions and the things that we believe, but not do it in a way that makes them run. Yeah. You know, like, are we, like you said, like what, if, if that's how we're acting, like, why would they want any part of that? Yeah. Why would they want to be a part of, you know, especially people who aren't, who either didn't grow up in church or they've been hurt by church or they have a bad taste in their mouth for whatever reason. You know, if, if they have any negative thoughts about church and you're behaving in that way, they're gonna be like, see, exactly. 
that is why I don't go to church anymore. That is why Christians are hypocrites or that is why fill in the blank, you know? And I think it, like we've confused that of like trying to shove our beliefs down people's throats in a way that's like, believe this or you're going to hell. And it's like, that's not, that's not how Paul did it. No, I mean, that's how, like this whole story has been about, you know, like I'm sure that there were people who were Christians or like believers and things who probably treated those guards terribly. Yep. And so then for Paul to come in and be so kind and loving and an example, you know, like I bet they were like, wow, what is, what is this? Like, that's such a shock. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at now when people do behave in a kind way, people are like, oh, like they're shocked. And like, that's sad. That's so sad that that's what people assume of Jesus people, you know? And I think we, that should bother us more. Yep. That should bother people more that that's their assumption of us. Right. I feel like, I don't, I didn't mean for this to get all political. It's just like, it's just <laughs> everywhere. It's like in front of us everywhere. Yeah. And I saw something today. I probably should have taken a screenshot of it, but it was like something about the turn of our faith our, our what we believe as Christians, how it went from, from uh, a group of people who loved their neighbor, who cared for their neighbor, who provided for their neighbor, right? The poor, the widows, right? The imprisoned, right? How we went from that to like gun rights and, and I'm not saying like guns are bad or, you know, that's that's not what I'm saying at all, but like, that's who you are as a citizen of the U.S. That's not who you are as a child of God. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So those things, I feel like they could maybe coexist, you know, but I mean, like, that's not, Christianity isn't an American thing. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of, like, made it so. Like, like, Christian nationalism is just such a weird thing to me. Yeah. That, again, please don't hear me say that I, I'm against guns or for no. gun control or, like, there's none of that. Especially because Haley is from Texas. <laughs> and she probably got, like, three or four sidearms on her to- right totally, now. Totally, totally. Yeah. I'm packing so, heat. <laughs> <laughs> not really. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that. That, that's that's separate. That's a separate issue than our faith. It seems trivial yes. compared to, like you were saying, like our job here is to further the kingdom. And not that those things don't matter. Like as Americans, yes, like, the, like we can talk about those things and those are our rights and we can vote on things of whether we you agree or disagree. But, rights. Rights. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, that isn't what's important. Right. And I think it's like you said, like we've made... Christianity very American. Yeah. And that's not they they coexist but they're not one and the same. Yeah. And I think it's weird that people kind of lump them into one. Um of course like as Americans we are we have the freedom and that's and that's great but they're not the same thing. Yeah. And I think we get tied up in those little things, those little trivial things. And then we forget about the big picture. And, you know, I think I wrote down, um, that the guards were desperate to be connected to him. And I was like, I wonder like if people think like, if people think that about me yeah. or if people th- are around me and they're like, they want to be around me more because I am, you know, um, a, like I'm a light and I'm, you know, I'm happy and I'm joyful or am I like, draining to people. Like, I mean, I think about that often. Like I think I used to be very much like that. Like I was in a time in my life where I was very negative and, you know, kind of like just really lost. And I think that there was, I was that person that people were like, Oh my gosh, like, (laughs) can you be more negative? Like just all the time, you know? And so I think I try really hard now to make sure that I'm not that person. And I think we probably don't think about that enough. Like, are we being that to people? Are we being like a light? Are we being joyful? You know, and I think a lot of times we think because we hide behind a screen, like on Facebook, it's easy to say, oh, like you're an idiot for thinking this or believing this or voting for this person. But like a lot of times we wouldn't say that to the person's face. So like we've become very bold in the things that we'll say on a screen versus what we would say to someone in person. And I think that's like a really scary thing, yeah. you know, cause we, and of course there are some people that maybe would say that in person, but a lot of times I feel like 
the way that it comes across, like we probably wouldn't say it that way. And that's why it's so dangerous because it can get, those lines can get very blurred. I feel like I want to live a life where people feel drawn to me. Yeah. No matter what they are, no matter what they look like or where, you know, whatever I, you know, even if they don't look like me. Yeah. Like not in class, not in race, not in culture, not in anything. I Mm -hmm. want people to like, Oh, I like that guy. Yeah. Not to be liked. He's fun to be around. He's like, he's joy. He's a joy to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Not to be liked to not, you know, because I don't need that. Right. Most of the time. But like, (laughs) but more so that I'm an example of who Christ was. Those are our only instructions. Yeah. You know, good. Is that it? Yep. No, no, there's another one. Mm -mm. Are you sure? We just played the sixth one. Yeah. We did all five? We just, yeah. Looks number number six. Show's over, you guys. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Oh, that went really fast. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's, wow. Just a conversation. Yep, just a conversation. (laughs) Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. Please know that the, um, the opinions expressed by your host (laughs) do not necessarily represent the opinions of uh, leadership at Life Church or anything else. There's, I don't want to get any trouble for the things that I said. These are just my opinions. If you want to get together for a coffee and talk about it, just email me, Scott at LifeChurchGreenBay.com or Haley at Haley. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just, I'd love to talk to you about it. I, you'll be hard pressed to convince me that anything but love and peace and uh, kindness um, anything beyond that isn't necessarily what Jesus wants us to share with the world. And so I'm all about that. Uh, thanks for joining us today. I'm sorry that that got weird at the end. I'm sorry the whole thing was just kind of weird. It was fine. It was fine, though. <laughs> it anyway, was very us. <laughs> yes, it was totally our kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, if you enjoyed uh, this podcast, please share it with someone you feel like maybe could benefit uh, from the words that were shared here today. We welcome you to subscribe uh, to Chew on That and all your favorite podcast channels. If you feel like you're getting something out of this podcast on an ongoing basis, please visit lifechurchgreenbay.com slash giving. We'd love your support. It takes a little bit of money to make these podcasts happen, and any support that you can give us in that way would be greatly appreciated. Haley, I'm glad that you were here. Thank I'm you. sorry that Austin wasn't here with us. I wish that he could have made it, but he was busy uh, chasing that dollar. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is that a thing that people say? Is that I don't a- think so. I think it is. <laughs> I don't know. We'll look it up for next time. Anyway, maybe you can come back again next yes. time. Anyway, that's it. That's it for this episode of Chewing That. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Bye.